Hey everybody, what's going on? Steve here. I just wanted to say what's up before the episode. Like I always do, I hope that you're staying safe and healthy during these crazy quarantined times. Hopefully you're staying at home. If you have to go out, wear that mask, wear that glove, Lysol, disinfectant, hand sanitize, wash those hands, six feet, social distancing. It's a very serious thing. What have I been doing, you may ask? Thank you for asking. Very few people ask how I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm going a little stir-crazy. I'm talking to a telephone right now, but you're hearing it. I've watched a couple movies this week. Here are available movies and the streaming services that they are available on that I have watched. On Disney+, Plus, you can catch Bedknobs and Broomsticks or Robin Hood. I watched both of those great childhood films near and dear to my heart. Especially bed knobs and broomsticks. Love Angela Lansbury. You also have on Netflix Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, and Glorious Bastards. Three great films. All got action. Uh, oh, Spencer Confidential. I always leave one of those out. Uh, Spencer Confidential. New Marky Mark film. I mean Mark Wahlberg because he doesn't like being called Marky Mark, but whatever. Uh, and uh, available on Amazon Prime. I just watched... Overlord, a film about American soldiers that go to, I think it's France or Germany, I'm not quite sure, uh, they were speaking both, and uh, saying about super serums with Nazis, and I don't want to give away too much, it's an interesting film, I watched it, and I can safely say, I am so glad I did not catch it in the theater. Uh, otherwise than that, I hope that we are keeping that PMA, that positive mental attitude we all need a little good in the world speaking of which joy l nicole johnson is my guest this week she's an extremely funny comedian we got the hookup from doug loves movies met her there gave her the card we got it taken care of a lot of good doug loves movies connection thank you doug benson for all that you've done for all the great guests that you've introduced me to unbeknownst to yourself not that you're actually listening to this, but either way, thank you. We got some great guests. Also, last week, I mentioned I had a member of the USS Enterprise coming on the show. Now, don't get it twisted. They were, in fact, at one point on the USS Enterprise for one movie, but they were in a series uh, of different Star Trek shows. So we're still getting a Star Trek member. I was just really excited when I was recording my opening. And I realized the next day I was like, oh, I said the Enterprise and they weren't on really the Enterprise. That's neither here nor there. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to keep, I'm going to go, I'm going to start the show because otherwise I'm going to keep rambling and I'm going to finish recording this and decide that I don't like it and delete it and record another one like I've done about 50 times because you folks don't understand how much truly goes into this three to four minute introduction and how much I doubt myself. Other than that, I love you very much. I thank you for coming on this weekly journey with me. Joyelle Nicole Johnson is coming up on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, stay safe, stay healthy, but more importantly, tip the veal, try the staff, enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here with another great episode. I have today an extremely funny comedian. You can check her out on YouTube. If you haven't seen her, 
on uh I just forgot his name. God damn it, Seth something Myers. Seth Myers. <laughs> name a white as, boy. <laughs> as as well as Comedy Central, I bring today Joelle Nicole Johnson. No Joelle, how are you doing today? You gotta get that joy in there, Steven. It's Joyelle. Joyelle. Yes, we need joy in times like this. So absolutely that joy. My apologies. No worries. Joyelle, thank you thank for doing you. the show today. I appreciate uh, giving me uh, something to do while I'm quarantined. <laughs> while we, while we all are during these crazy times, yes. as I do like to say. Uh, a question I always like to start with, uh, have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? I've only walked out of one movie in my life and because I'm, I'm a person, if I pay the money, I want to see it to the end. And I walked out of the movie Congo. Um, <laughs> that's the only movie I've ever walked out of. Really? At what, what was the breaking point? I think the breaking point was the animatronic uh, apes and gorillas were just too unrealistic and it just took me out of the story. I was like, this some bullshit. I can't take these these gorillas serious. I'm not you, scared. <laughs> you weren't a fan of Amy? She was so adorable. Well, I was not a fan of the <laughs> gorillas. I'm mad that you know the character's name. <laughs> I I saw Congo in the theaters myself. Oh my uh, did not walk out. I was uh, I was a pre-teen, if not a teenager. Uh, I went with my father. Yes. Um and my dad, my dad sat through everything. There is not a single movie that I ever walked out of in the theater with my parents. Uh, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen some bad movies in the theater with my parents. Like at the time, I was a kid. I loved them. I thought they were great. I rewatched them as adults. It's a trash movie. Hilarious. Yeah, I've watched great movies with my mom that I remember. Like I saw A League of Their Own with my mother in the theater. I saw Forrest Gump. So I've seen, I don't know who took me to see Congo. I think it was like a cousin. It was some bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, looking at it, it is it is an extremely bad movie. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite episodes. Uh, there's another podcast I listen to called How Did This Get Made? Uh, yeah. Where they just, they just talk about bad movies and Congo is probably one of my favorite episodes that they've done. Uh, so I need to listen to that because that movie was triggity trash. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, with uh, going from horrible films uh, to great films, uh, what's a movie that you could just watch every day? If, uh, if at any point you were flipping the proverbial channels, since we don't really have cable anymore, I mean, most people just stream. Uh, what's a movie that you could just watch every day? If you see it on and it's going, you're watching it no matter what. That would be Coming to America for sure. Um, I know every line. I know every... Anything, the whole movie sequence, I could tell you everything about that movie. So yeah, I could watch Coming to America anytime it comes on. Excellent, I uh, I love that movie. It's uh, it's it's one of the early films that I remember Eddie Murphy from as a as a youth. Uh, yeah. It would it would be that, uh, and it would be probably Beverly Hills Cop are the two films that I really remember him from. Yes, that those are Eddie, Eddie, Eddie in the 80s and 90s was crushing it. Then he became a father and ruined everything. But when, when he wasn't a father, ooh, great. He was on. He was crushing. Uh, I said left and right. 
Are you uh, are you excited for coming to America too? I am. Um, one of my friends is in it. Jermaine Fowler plays um, his kid in it, so I'm very excited to see what the hell they do with it. I've also heard like Wesley Snipes is in it, and I don't know if you saw Dolomite, but Wesley Snipes is hilarious. So I can't wait to see him doing another comedic role. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for coming to America too. That's awesome. Uh, I have a, a future guest coming on uh, that's from Japan. And I asked him uh, if he would do the show and he said, yes, I love coming to America. It teach <laughs> and, then, and then he literally said, it teach me English. A fuck you, a motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> Taught us all how to cuss. <laughs> Uh, that I, I will say the lasting memory that I will always have from coming to America, uh, and it's probably the first thing I remember from the film, and that is the royal penis is clean, your highness. Yes, for sure. I, <laughs> okay, side note, I, I was dating this guy, and we loved coming to America, and I was like, one day we're going to be you know, doing our thing, and then I'm going to say that at the end. And we did our thing, and instead I said, Stu, you're red, Stu, motherfucker. And he was so upset with me. <laughs> he's like, you ruined it. Because <laughs> he's laughing so hard. I was like, hey, you never know what you're going to get with me. So, of yeah. Of course, especially being a comedian. I have, I have friends that are comedians. And, and some of the f most funny, unexpected things are from moments that you would never expect it. Um, what's a movie that takes you right back to your childhood? Ooh, The Princess Bride. Um, oh, I, I love The Princess Bride. Yes, that is, that's a fun childhood movie. Carrie Elwes was probably my first white boy crush. Him and Indiana Jones were my white boy crushes when I was young. Um, yeah, I it made me want to be a princess. I was mad that Buttercup didn't really wear any tutus. She had very regular princess garb, but... Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of The Princess Bride and Mowage and all of that stuff that makes me, uh, that brings me right back to being a kid again. Love that movie. Yeah, I, uh, for me, it's always, uh, uh, what would, I mean, what I would consider the, the three stooges of the film, uh, Mandy Patinkin, Andre the Giant, and Wallace Shawn. Yeah, um, <laughs> very much fun. Wallace Shawn is awesome. <laughs> Uh, just anything, anything that he's in, uh, you know, you're always going to laugh. Uh, just his timing, uh, him and him and Toy Story uh, with Rex and, and Princess Bride. Uh, but that that whole trio for me was like the, when I was a child, that was the joy of the film for me was the three of them. Uh, Andre the Giant uh, was always hilarious whenever I had the chance to say, anybody want a peanut? Yeah, uh, WWF as, as well. I was a I was a big tomboy when I was young, so I was very much into WWF. And for you, for you millennials, trying to correct me, yes, it was WWF back then. So calm down. That E came later. <laughs> that's right. When they decided to get the F out. Yeah, they got the F out, and I was I was a part of the F generation because our bitch is old. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. I'm part of the F generation as well. Uh, I came in during the Attitude Era with uh, with Stone Cold and The Rock and and all of them. So yeah. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Uh, but yeah, Andre the Giant is amazing in that movie. 
The Princess Bride uh, is a is a great film. Uh, and honestly, I mean, anyone that's listening that hasn't seen The Princess Bride, are you living under a rock? What's yeah. what's wrong with your life? It's your life better. <laughs> Absolutely. So Princess Bride is always a fun one for me. And with that, you, you have a, a, a great uh, director at the time to, to take a picture and make it exactly what people wanted that has lasted a lifetime. Speaking of that, do you have a favorite director, someone who has a uh, collective work? I do. I have two favorite directors. Those uh, Quentin Tarantino and Guy Ritchie are my favorite directors. I could pretty much watch anything those guys uh, direct. Excellent. Excellent. I love both of those directors. Uh, I want to say the only thing that Guy Ritchie has done that I did not like was, I think, Rock and Rolla Express or Rock and <laughs> I think it, it, it. I loved Rock and Rolla. I actually, my least favorite Guy Ritchie might have been Sherlock Holmes, but <laughs> I uh, I loved Rock and Rolla. Snatch, Lockstock, Big. I went and saw The Gentleman in the theater recently. Um, yeah, I missed I, it. I, I missed it. How was The Gentleman? I've heard such great things about it. It was great. I um I was distracted because I was on a first date with a guy I really liked, so didn't really concentrate on the movie that well. But <laughs> but um I need to watch it again. But that's the beauty I think of Guy Ritchie movies and Tarantino's. You can watch them over and over again and find something new every time you watch him. And I love movies that are kind of designed that way. Like I specifically think Guy Ritchie designs his movies that way that you're going to have to watch it two, three times to be like, oh, that's why that person said that in that scene. And then later that that happened. Yes. So I like movies like that, that are like, you know, flowers that you that are budding and you could just find something new every time. Absolutely. Uh, Snatch is probably my favorite Guy Ritchie film. Uh, yeah. I could throw it on at any time. It's it's the film that introduced me to Jason Statham. Yeah. I mean, if not the if not the movie that introduced the world to Jason Statham. Yes, Jason Statham. Also, Brad Pitt doing a pikey accent, which <laughs> is one of my favorite things. Like they like dogs. Um, yeah, those two in that movie are amazing. Yeah, and and those are my fun like. There's a list of movies that I like to introduce to guys I'm dating. And if a guy hasn't seen Snatch, uh, I'm like, what? Stop everything we're doing. We have to watch Snatch immediately because I can't date you if you've never seen Snatch. <laughs> I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Uh, and it's it's and it never even clicked in my head like Brad Pitt, like Brad Pitt's amazing in Snatch with that carrying over right to Tarantino. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? Yes, I did. I, um, I'm a member of SAG. <laughs> no big deal. Um, and <laughs> I got all the screeners this year because I paid my dues. What? And I swear to God, that movie bored me to tears. I need to watch it again. Um, I don't, I don't, I might've watched it too late at night. I was just like, why are there so many pictures? So, so many establishing shots. Jesus Christ. We're driving. We're smoking. Freaking Margot Robbie's feet. Yes, we get it, Tarantino. You love feet, but I don't understand why there were so many slow shots. So I need to watch it again. Um, uh, the jury's out for me on on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was surprisingly bored of that, but yeah. Did you love it? 
Uh, I I really did. I thought it was a, a really great film. I saw it in the middle of the afternoon. I will say it is it is not your conventional Tarantino movie. Uh, it it is a very very what I would consider a slow burn. Um, but that 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 boom at the end is is what got it for me. Yeah, and, um, I, and I haven't seen it to the end, so don't spoil me, but there's a boom at the end. That's good to know. So maybe I'll watch it during this quarantine and see if I can get my life better because I'm like, I, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I need to watch this again. I already knew I needed to watch it again because I was like, these are all my favorite ingredients. Brad Pitt, Quentin Tarantino, we love Margot Robbie. So yeah, I'll give it another chance. Yeah, oh, I definitely say would. Uh, give it another chance. Um, one of you, you probably saw the scene. One of my favorite moments just in the entire film uh, is uh, did you get to the point where Brad Pitt had the flashback with him and Bruce Lee? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my one of my favorite moments of the entire film is right after that flashback where he's just standing shirtless, amazingly shirtless, on the roof and he's just kind of chuckling to himself, like, nah, I probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> like it, it's just that small moment I don't know what it is it's that small moment of him just like chuckling to himself uh, I, I love it no I, I think it's great uh, I recently did a ranking episode uh, with my brother of Tarantino films yeah. and what, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right now is my number one Tarantino film yeah um, my number one was always Pulp Fiction but Inglorious Bastards kind of edged that out for me honestly I, I like just thoroughly beyond entertainment than Glorious Bastards but I mean I guess the classic is Pulp Fiction so that's disrespectful for me to even say that but yeah uh, <laughs> Inglorious Inglorious Bastards was my brother's number one choice. So I mean, you're 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 right in your in your selection as well. It's in, in reality, there's no there's no for me. There's only one bad Tarantino film, and other than that, I, I love everything he's made. What's your bad Tarantino film? Death Proof. Oh, I love Death Proof. <laughs> I love maybe it's because I'm a girl. I don't know. That's a girl film. I love fucking Death Proof. No. Oh my god, I love Death Proof. The the for for me it was it was um it it didn't help that it was the second film that they showed on the double feature. Right. Um. I I think that's part of it because I saw it as the double feature with Planet Terror. So you had Planet Terror, then you had Death Proof. And and for me, it, I was younger, so I guess it could be much relatable to like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just felt there was too much dialogue. There was there was too much talking. There was a lot. I mean, yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of talking. And uh, Zoe Bell acting was, you know, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, bitch, stop talking and get on get on the hood of a car. Like, <laughs> we want to see you. Get out there and fight some ninjas. Come on. Yes, exactly. What are, what are you doing all this talking? <laughs> so, so, yeah. So for me, uh, Death Proof is is my is what I would call my least favorite Quentin Tarantino film. Um, other than that, I mean, everything is everything else is is pretty much you know tops. <laughs> yeah, and I also love it when like a director just has like a a smaller amount 
of movies as Tarantino and Guy Ritchie do, where it's just like, these are your movies that you're like, oh, I focused on this for a couple of years, and this is what I came, and then the next one. It's not like doing three movies in a year where you're like, all right, these can't all be good. Right. Uh, and one fun one one more fun fact about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the next time you watch it. Uh, and then we'll get to the next question. Uh, the scene when they go to the drive-in theater, I believe it's Santa Monica. Yeah. It's all models because that drive-in theater was destroyed and is no longer around. So that's a model car. That's a model drive-in. That's model everything. I was listening to Malton on movies and, and they were talking about that whole scene and how Tarantino had a small handheld camera and it was just a follow through. Uh, so when you watch it, keep in mind, like, it looks so real, but it's all models. All models like Beetlejuice, like the town? Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's a small model with a little remote control car. That, that is that, hilarious. Yeah. So, so that one shot, um, that's, that's like how dedicated Tarantino is instead of just CGing, you know, CGIing out uh, a full thing and having him drive on his own and all that. He made full small models and all of that. And so that's just something to keep in mind the next time uh, you're, you're rewatching Once Upon a Time. It's going to be this week. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you happen to have a, a favorite uh, actor, actress, uh, either or someone who you're always looking forward to films that they're going to make? I love the Kates. Kate Blanchett and Kate Winslet are two of my favorite uh, female white girls. Um, <laughs> we love Tom Hanks. We were very sad when he got coronavirus. Um, who else would I say? For black people, I love um, Wood Harris and Benga Akinabi. They were both in The Wire, and I've seen them both on Broadway, and they are amazing. Um, and for women, I, w I love, I love a Taraji P. Henson and Regina King. Those are two of my favorite, uh, black girls. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I recently, uh, found out that Taraji P. Henson was in, uh, with the, the film that I guess introduced the world to her, uh, Smoking Aces. Oh, no, no. The film that introduced her was Baby Boy. But oh, okay. Aces was her crossover. So Baby Boy was her hood flick, and then Smoking Aces was the crossover. And Smoking Aces is also on that list of movies that I introduced to Mattis. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Smoking Aces, and Lucky Number Eleven are my four uh, guy guy movies <laughs> per se. I love Smoking Aces. I love that movie. Uh, fun fact for me: the first time I saw it, I hated it. I oh. thought it was horrible. I, I I watched the whole thing and I didn't I didn't like the ending. I didn't I didn't like the fact that Ryan Reynolds made the choice that he made. Uh, and then I rewatched it and saw it for like the glory and the amazingness that it all was. Not to mention the the entire cast that comes with it. But yeah, Taraji P Henson. I had no idea. Years later, like I'm watching um, Hidden Figures. Yes. And, I, and I'm like, well, what else has she done? Because IMDb is an amazing thing. And I'm just, I'm scrolling through and I see Smoking Aces and I go, wait, which one is she? 
And then I realized the character that she's Alicia Keys' girlfriend. Yes. And it blows my mind because I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, it is absolutely her. Yep. Yep. I love I love those two in that common, isn't it? Yeah, that that's a fun movie for the cast. That cast is amazing. Amazing. Ray Liotta, Ryan Reynolds, Jeremy yeah. Piven. <laughs> Ray Liotta went to my high school. <laughs> really? Yes. Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder went to my high school. Oh, nice. I met him at Bonnaroo. He's a very nice guy. I I, I hear he is a, a very nice gentleman. I've met his mother at Target, and she is an extremely wonderful woman. Where are you from? Uh, California. Yeah. San Diego County. I lived in a, a small town called Encinitas, which is where he grew up. Uh, and his mother uh, at one point lived there. She probably still does if she's alive. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, do you happen to have a, a favorite genre that, that you always like to lean towards? I mean, right now it kind of sounds, you know, action, crimey kind of stuff. But I love action, crimey, but I'm a, I'm a good old rom-com fan. I'm a girly girl, um, and I love a rom-com. I love to get the sniffles and cry and wonder if they're going to get back together. Knowing full well they're going to get back together at the end. <laughs> but love to take that ride of a rom-com. I'm, I'm a oh. big rom-com fan. What are, what are some of your favorites? I mean, that's how I fell in love with Tom Hanks, obviously. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are my rom-com heroes. We go from, uh, you know, when um, not when Harry met Sally, I'm sorry, uh, Sleepless, Sleepless in, Seattle. in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle to um, obviously You've Got Mail and You've Got Mail is my favorite Dave Chappelle role. Um, so, yeah. I love those two so much. And recent rom-coms, I mean, we could hit The Notebook in there. Love that movie. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of other things, but yeah. Love a rom-com. Alright. There's a I, for for me, I, I consider uh, the, like like wedding singer. Would wedding wedding singer be a rom rom com? Yeah, yeah. It is funny. <laughs> I feel like a lot of genres, kind of, uh, you know, it, it'll lean towards something a little more. So it's like comedy, drama, whatever. I love dramedies, stuff like that. But I think that one's more of a comedy. But it's definitely you know romantic as well. Um, sure. I, I want to go ahead. I have a question since we're talking about genres. What genre was Parasite? <laughs> oh man, that that's a good. That's a. I mean, obviously foreign. Um, I, I. But foreign's a cop out. What I, genre? Well, okay, so so what what would you hear? Okay, so here's my question, and I get I get a lot of heat from my friends on this. Um, I think that that Parasite and Joker are a lot in a way the same movie. Same Have movie. You... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Be, because it's it's a look. They're they're both a look on the lower and higher status in society. Yeah. Right. I, and okay, okay. So I'm gonna. So anyone that hasn't seen either of these movies that doesn't want to know, I'm I'm gonna go little spoiler. I'm gonna go into details here. You they both. Is- they both end with you questioning what they show you. Huh. Both with both with Joker in the sense of of 
the, the therapist looking at him, and I don't know if people realize this, but the therapist that's talking to him at the end of the movie is the city social worker that's talking to him during the film. It's the yeah. same woman. It's the same woman. Okay. <laughs> so it makes you question whether everything just happened. And then at the end of The Parasite, it's him writing the letter to his father, and it shows them going to the house and seeing the father, and him getting rich and them seeing the father. And then it goes back to him just being a regular person. So you're like, well, wait a minute. I mean, is that like, did they just show us the future or did they just show us what he wants in his mind? Yeah. They're both, they're, they're both a look of, of the high and lower status society. And they're both a a person reaching a critical breaking point. But what genre? (laughs) And that's, so that's, so I'm, I'm saying like, what would you classify like Joker as? (laughs) <laughs> I would say Joker was a straight up drama, but freaking Parasite was all the genres. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, they, they, it's a little bit. I mean, like, a little bit, a little I bit of mystery, a little bit of drama, a little bit of comedy, thriller. Like it, it, when it was funny, it was so funny. Like I was cracking up when it was funny, and I, I cried. Like I, I went through every single emotion watching Parasite, and I was like, what the hell? Was that? And I feel like maybe that is what makes a best picture film the fact that it did all did all the genres, which is sure to me. Rom com had some rom com in there. Are you kidding me? It did. It, it really did. It had a little romance. It had a little comedy. It had. Uh, it had. It's 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 a smorgasbord of a film. And straight up fear, like when you saw that dude's eyes raise above the stairs. Oh. And from that kid's perspective, like, oh shit, that would that would melt my uh, that would melt my body as a kid. And then when he came up the stairs with the knife, I literally screamed. I was like, "What's gonna happen next?" <laughs> I was like, "What is he about to do with this?" Oh, stab people! Great, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh man! I just, one of the that, best that movie that though. Question you were gonna ask? One of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I forgot what I was gonna ask. I might have just been moving on to the next question. Um, well, we were talking about rom com, wedding singer. I'm yeah. working my, I'm working my, I'm, I'm backtracking in my mind here. Mm. No, I don't remember, unfortunately. No worries. That's all right. So, uh, Jean, we were talking rom coms. Oh, I remember. I was gonna make a joke. Uh, I want to write a film that is more of a comedy than a drama, but has both, and I'm going to call it a comma piece. Comma piece? Yeah, because you have you have you have you have dramedy. Yeah. You know, so because that's a drama comedy, so a comedy drama would be a comma. There you go. <laughs> comma piece. I like com- it. It's my comma piece. Uh, <laughs> you've kind of already answered the question, but we'll go for it anyways. Childhood crushes. You mentioned uh, Harrison Ford. And Tom Hanks? No, um, no. Carrie Elwes. Say again. Carrie Elwes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, besides them, do 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 you have any other childhood crushes? I would say, um, shoot, yeah, those were the big ones. I just remember Harrison Ford was a huge one. I'm trying to think. Um, who were my black childhood crushes? Because I don't. Because Michael Jackson was not a childhood crush because Thriller came out when I was five years old and I was scared of that motherfucker. 
So <laughs> people be like, Michael Jackson was my crush. I'm like, when? <laughs> which, <laughs> which Michael Jackson did you have a crush on? Um, definitely wasn't attracted to Prince because I thought he was not attracted to women. Um, yeah, Harrison Ford was the really big one that I can remember from childhood. And is it primarily from Indiana Jones? For sure. Okay. Sure. And, and he was a hero. So it's like, you're a hero. And and also, when we talk about representation matters, it's like, I didn't really have any black people to look up to. So it's so hard where I'm like, Will Smith, I get, like, I was... I didn't really have a crush on Will Smith, you know. Uh, Denzel Washington was too old <laughs> for me. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a fun one. I've uh, I always just I I think it's an interesting question. I like hearing the wide variety of answers. Uh, for me, it was oh. Drew Barrymore. Oh, that's oh. cute. Also, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson and uh, Man Without a Face, huge crush. All right, that's uh, but, 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 but no, I was just thinking Forever Young. I was gonna say Elijah Wood, but I want to say that was Forever Nick, Young. Nick Stahl, but Man Without a Face, man, I'm trying to think of, of what year that was. That was like 96 or something. <laughs> yeah, I want to say, I want to say it was around that time. I, I remember, I vividly remember seeing that movie, um, 93. Wow. Yeah. I vividly remember seeing that theater movie in the theater uh, with my parents. Oh, the Nick, uh, the kid was Nick Stahl. Oh, you didn't what? hear me say that? You gotta, you gotta rewind tape. I, I said that. I, I, oh. I know I random white boys, and I had a crush on him as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been in, he's been in a lot of stuff. Man, I'm looking at the cast of this movie, and and not a lot of names that people would recognize, but if you saw their faces, you'd be like, oh, I know who that is. I know who that yeah. is. Great. Wow. Movie. That's awesome. Great. Movie. Uh, Man yeah. Without a Face is, uh, did you did you catch, just because it did pop in my head, did you ever catch Forever Young with him and uh, Elijah Woods? Yes. Yes. I probably need to watch that again because that sounds like something I would like to watch again during the quarantine. Lots of good, lots of good movies to catch up on. I've I've rewatched National Treasure and National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a big Nick Cage fan. There are very few Nick Cage films that I will not watch. Nick Cage in Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> he is a oh my god! Him him is as noir Spider Man. I loved it. I loved. Him and, him and John Mulaney uh, together. Big, oh my God, that was amazing. He said, that's all, folks. Can he say that legally? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nick Cage is super fun. Oh, Face Off and Con Air were like, I loved those movies when they came out. All those uh, those cookie cutter action movies. Love them. Yep. Saw them all. Saw the, both of those. Broken Arrow. Saw them all in the theater. Yeah. Um, the yeah, Rock. Yeah. The Rock. Yeah. Don't you know you're the Rocket Man? Boom. <laughs> when he does when he does that to uh, to Candyman, he makes Candyman the Rocket Man. Yeah. I love it. Yes, Candyman. <laughs> ha- speaking of Candyman, have you seen the new trailer? Oh, so I am not into horror movies. I'm a very skittish person. 
I'm very easily scared. Like I told you, I was afraid of Michael Jackson because of Thriller. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not into scary, scary movies like that. Oh, so you haven't you haven't seen the trailer for for no. Jordan Peele's? No, I won't watch that. Probably not. So, 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 just asking: Have have you seen Get Out? Have you seen Us? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you did you love those? I loved Get Out. I hated Us. I hated Us from the bottom of my soul. Now, what was it about? Because a lot of people, a lot of people loved Get Out and didn't like Us. Uh, uh, I loved Get Out. I also liked Us. My wife was not a fan of us. Oh, she I, she saw she saw the twist coming. From, she she apparently got the twist just from watching the trailer. But I, I don't. I feel like there wasn't even really a twist. There was too much going on. There were too many commentaries on too many different parts of society. It was like Get Out was streamlined. Get Out, you can tell. Also, ten years in the making versus us that didn't even have a finished script before they started shooting it. And you oh, could wow. tell. You could tell, like, oh, they just chaotically were like, here's the ending. Uh, yeah, and so the difference between those two where I'm like, Get Out was very strategic, extremely well thought out, amazingly executed, and Us was just like the sophomore piece scrambled together, which is what's going to happen when you have such an amazing breakout. Like, it, that you can't, that's hard to follow up. And us didn't follow it up, but you know, makes me be like, look, everybody's fallible, guys. <laughs> we all have issues, and us was an issue for me. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did love Get Out. I worked at a movie theater uh, at the time. At the time, and my favorite thing to do is, as people were leaving, uh, I was part of the cleaning crew, so I just cleaned up everyone. I had to go, uh, have a good day, folks. I hope you enjoyed Get Out. Love it. <laughs> so, so it was. Yeah. It was like I hope you're enjoying the film, but at the same time, I'm like, get get the fuck out of here. Like, get leave, please. Love that. Love people that st- people that just randomly stay till the end of the credits when they know for a fact that there's people that sit there and watch the credits because they want to give acknowledgments to everyone. I, I'm I'm all for that. You could do that at home by buying the DVD. But when you have 15 to 20 minutes between showtimes and you have a sold out theater, please get the fuck out of there. Yes, I'm one of those people. I'm the person that sits and watches the credits. Almost. <laughs> Especially if there's a good song like Creed 2 had an awesome song for the credits. So I was in there jamming. <laughs> the now end. that now that I can understand, but but the people that are just sitting there motionless, just legitimately reading the names drives me it doesn't drive me up a wall anymore because i don't work at a movie theater so i don't really give a fuck but when you have when you know that that people have to clean a theater you know like i take all my shit with me i try not to make a mess because i've seen people that just dump i the the things i have found in movie theaters cleaning uh are just disgusting i won't bring them up on the podcast but that's good human beings are monsters but i'm i I actually watch the credits because you know, I, I used to do production. I was a production assistant for the longest. So I've done like catering and all that type of stuff. So I look at the credits because I, I'm actually gen- genuinely interested in who the production, the EPs especially, because sometimes you'll have surprising EPs in movies where you're like, The Rock was one of the EPs <laughs> for Jumanji? <laughs> like what? You know, so... It's just interesting to me because I, I just love to see that type of thing. I like to be like, how many assistants did they have? And who had their own 
their own hairdresser because they'll be like hair and makeup for this person and then hair and makeup for the cast. So I like to see who the divas are in the cast, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> I, I and I can feel and I can feel that and and I, I've I've spent my fair share amount of time literally reading credits. I will watch credits for names, but that was when I was waiting for people to leave to clean the theater. Right. Um, I, I love. I, I would sit there with my with my my crew members uh, just pronouncing names, just trying to pronounce names. Yeah. Um, so obviously at the end is the music. So I'm usually sitting there to be like, what was that song again? Like who sang that song? And then I'll. I'll uh, get to see it, but obviously that's the last thing that comes. It's the last. Yeah, that's the the key factor of when you know the the movie is close to being over. You're like, oh, cool, here comes the soundtrack, so we can. And that was another reason why I a lot of people stay is usually that soundtrack hits, and once that soundtrack hits, people will be like, oh, and then they get up and they're out. Exactly. Yeah. So I apologize to all the people cleaning up popcorn that I was still sitting there because. Hey, all, all I have to say is, as long as you, as long as you pick up your mess and take it with you, and I see you leaving with your popcorn bucket and all that, usually, usually not that bad for the people. That's uh, I don't litter. I'm not a litter litterer. That's awesome. So I that's definitely awesome. it finds its way to the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so backtracking a little bit, you say that you, you're not a big fan of horror. Uh, it, it, was this stemming from one particular film? Uh, I, more relatable. Do you remember the first movie that gave you nightmares? Um. Well, back to that thriller thing. Uh, thriller <laughs> was very pivotal for me as a child because I was like, "Are y'all still, like this is entertainment?" Gremlins terrified the shit out of me. Chucky to this day. Um. I I don't like toys that are that size. I had a my buddy doll. Um, and for you millennials, Google my buddy. I had the black one. I got excited because that year they made the black my buddy doll. And I got that shit for Christmas. And then Chucky came out. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I I got rid of that thing. I put him sure. in there. You never, you, never, you never had a kid sister? I didn't have Kid Sister because I got my buddy before Kid Sister came out. So when <coughs> Kid Sister came out, my mother was like, you have my buddy, so we're not getting Kid Sister. <laughs> <laughs> You're not That's... allowed to have what, what do you right. think? Made of money? <laughs> <laughs> I, I myself had a, had a my buddy as well. Uh, Child's, Child's Play came out, and it, the, my buddy creeped the shit out of me. Oh. And, I didn't, and I didn't want it in my room anymore. I was so rude to do to children. Like, how you gonna? <laughs> they they should have discussed that the the movie theater and whoever Tycho and the and the toy company absolutely that shit because I'm sure my buddy sales went down. Um, and so movies like so that I think I saw too many of those movies when I was a kid because you know my older cousins would just be watching it, and so as a kid that shit just horrified me. Like when I was like Gremlins two was supposed to be a comedy? Are you kidding? Like, the first Gremlins terrified the shit out of me. The first Gremlins is a terrifying film, and yet it is a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie! <laughs> That's what people always forget. Like, people always be like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. A lot of people forget Gremlins. Lethal Weapon, the original Lethal Weapon, yes. is a Christmas movie. Movie, yes, yes, yes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, no, that's not cool to do to children. 
So I was just like very skittish. Also, my house got robbed a lot when I was younger. So I'm just like in the midst of like realistic horror and then television. I don't need to fantasize about horror. <laughs> I'm black in America. We don't we don't have to fantasize about horror. <laughs> Let me watch my rom com. Absolutely. Um, have you have you taken the time? I understand Gremlins scared the shit out of you. Have you watched Gremlins too? I have watched Gremlins too, and because somebody was like, "It's a comedy," and I was like, "What are you talking about? It's terrifying." They're like, "You're a grown woman." I said, "Fuck you! Don't judge me." So, <laughs> I I have watched Gremlins too, though, and it was hilarious. That um, oh, speaking of Jordan Peele, there is a sketch um about the writers' room for Gremlins too that you all need to Google because it's one of my favorite P- Key and Peele sketches. <laughs> They just talk about how ridiculous that writer's room had to be for the pitch for Gremlins. For Gremlins too, <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Um, I have uh, I had a friend um, <clears throat> once again uh, don't have a lot of cable, uh, just a lot of streaming, so I never really saw a lot of Key and Peele. Uh, but I've seen all of the bits as them as the two valets in front of the uh, the hotel. Yeah, uh, so they did. Uh, like a trailer for that for Toy Story 4. Hilarious. Where it's the two of them as those characters, but as like toys in front of a thing. Like, oh, you hear they're doing a Toy Story 4? He's like, they're doing a Toy Story 4? And I am in a sold out theater. I am the only person laughing because I am the only person that is getting the real reference of what is happening in in that sketch. Because that's all it was. Is it was. It wasn't even like a trailer. It was just like a little cartoon sketch for the film, and it was just Key and Peele, and it was hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I love them. So yeah, Google that. Gremlins to Key and Peele, <laughs> you will get your laugh on in the quarantine. That's awesome. Uh, and I, I love. I never saw Gremlins in the theater. Uh, I did see Gremlins two in the theater. Uh, and one of one of my favorite facts is is to this day even playing it on TV. Uh, they'll keep in the whole bit with the 35 millimeter film and the usher going in the theater to get Hulk Hogan, um, <laughs> which which isn't a thing nowadays because everything is digital and and children nowadays have no idea what 35 millimeter film actually is, which is yes, all the a shame. But uh, that's great. Uh, those are some some fun films uh, for me, and uh, maybe not for you. Yeah. <laughs> No, but 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 I prefer. I will say I prefer Gremlins two over Gremlins merely because one is a comedy and one is a essentially a horror film. Horror. Um, in in the original script for Gremlins, the mother was actually supposed to die. Yeah, that tracks. They shot an old lady out of a window <laughs> in her chair. That's that is comedy. See, that's I see that, and I see I'm. I'm weird. I'm the person that's sitting in the theater that that when, you know, someone dies in a very dramatic, horrible way, I'm the guy that's laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a kid. So. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so do uh, I, obviously with movie theaters being closed right now, you aren't going to the movies. But do you uh, do you have a habit of, uh, of going to the theaters? Actually, no, because I have uh, ADHD like a motherfucker, so I can't concentrate. Like, I'll be sitting there, and then I'll be like, oh, you didn't 
whatever. You didn't do something you were supposed to do today. And then I started thinking about that. And I'm like, oh, you're not concentrating. Focus. Oh, I'm trying to focus. And I forgot to focus while I was focusing. So <laughs> it takes me a while these days to watch a movie. Like, if I'm watching it by myself, I could take a couple days to watch a movie, especially if that's just long. I haven't even started The Irishman. Either have I. Yeah. I it's never- it's a, it's a commitment. It's three and a half hours long. That's going to take me a week. What the best way the best way I can recommend this is how I think I'm going to approach it. 45 minute increments. Look at it as a mini yeah. series. No, totally. Totally. That's Could- that's the only way I'd be able to watch that. 45 minute increments is a five day period if you do it like that. So, yeah, I got that. I could do that. Yeah. Uh, so, you don't go a lot. What was, do you, do you remember the last movie you saw in the theater? Jumanji. Wait, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the Gentleman. But right before that okay. was Jumanji, too. Jumanji, the next, the next level. Yeah. What did, what did you think of it? Amazing. Such, a, such an amazingly entertaining film. <laughs> <laughs> I I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I saw it as well. One of the one of the uh, funniest parts of the movie for me, only because I don't really look. If I really want to see a movie and I, I'm really interested, I won't find out anything about it. I'll watch like a trailer, but I won't look into the cast. Uh, so, so f- seeing Aquafina in that fucking <laughs> movie was hilarious. Yeah, I just watched The Farewell last night. Um, I'm super um, happy for her. Like, she's crushing it right now. And that's the type of shit I'm going to do. Absolutely. Um, but are you excited for the possibility of the... the I'm not going to give it away for the people that haven't seen it, but the ending of the film sets up for a third. Are you excited for the possibility of what they are setting up? Hell the fuck yeah. I, I I just was so surprised at how entertained I was throughout both movies because when we went to the movie theater, me and my friends, we got high that day and we went to the Natural History Museum. And so we were still high and we had a Christmas party that night. I was like, look, I got free tickets, so let's kill some time. Let's go see Jumanji 2. And I did not know <laughs> that it was going to be that entertaining that I had to rush home and watch the, the last I paid for it on my Amazon. <laughs> I paid like five dollars to watch the last one, and uh, yeah, thoroughly entertained. So yay, Jumanji three! If we ever can film movies ever again, I hope that um, happens. Absolutely. Uh, oh man, uh, and I loved so. So had you seen Jumanji before you saw Jumanji two? Of course, big Robin Williams fan. That's oh no, no, let, no! I'm I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Did you see the second Jumanji before you saw the third Jumanji? No, I didn't. We I went into the third Jumanji just naked. Like I oh. I didn't I didn't know anything. Oh wow, that's and and <laughs> okay. And I think that's uh, that's great because in reality since watching the first one and the second one they are two separate completely films. Yes, and that's why like my friends and I we were like, "Wait, can we watch this without Having watched the first one, we were like, that'll be the hilarious part. Let's just go into this sequel. None of us had seen the first one. So, yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, I can still follow all of this because that's all you needed to do. Even though I felt like that storyline with da- Danny DeVito and Danny Glover kind of came out of nowhere. Because I was like, was this in the first one? And it wasn't. 
but it was but it was so funny um i i knew i had seen the the first trailer and the first trailer tells you that that you know danny devito and uh uh danny glover go into the game with them so i mean that that was a little bit of a spoiler on that uh but the representation of the rock and and kevin hart uh of what they do with that uh was amazing um and I'm excited. I, and it's funny because I keep calling it the third uh, with the next one. But the, the third is what we're talking about. So it's technically yeah. the fourth. Uh, and that, that confused me because I went to the movie theater and I just saw Jumanji 3. And I just had to stop for a second and be like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is the third one. Yeah. Um, with, with just that small connecting factor to the first film and the second film, Love which it. was an which was a nice touch. Uh, as we wrap up here, though, uh, I like to end with a listener recommendation, a movie that you love, that you would love uh, the fans to go and check out if they haven't seen it, whether it be a movie that everyone knows about or a movie that, you know, very few people have actually seen or love. Oh, damn. Put the pressure on a bitch. Um, <laughs> I feel like I have to be all profound. I'm sure. Oh, no, it. It could be it can be anything like <laughs> I'm sure your listeners might not, you know, be well versed in hood movies. So I would like to recommend my favorite hood movie paid in full is um, is amazing. It stars my my favorite actor from The Wirewood Harris and Mackay Pfeiffer and Cameron, the rapper, even makes a hilarious crazy role in there so yeah go watch paid in full if you've never seen that movie hood classic all right there we go uh and uh <clears throat> as we wrap up uh where can people find you what do you i obviously unfortunately with these quarantine times there are no foreseeable dates in the future i'm sure I see that with uh, a lot of promotions and comedians. and But where can people find you online on all that good stuff? Yes, thank you for reminding me. I was supposed to be on tour with Alana Glazer right now. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were supposed to be on the West Coast. Uh, so I hurt. I hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm at Joyelle Nicole on Instagram. I need to post more stories and put more posts since we're all in quarantine. Everybody's just on their phones. And that's my website information. And, yeah, I'm going to try to get more content, but I'm more of a live, in-person type of comedian. And uh, let's hope and pray that that happens again soon. Absolutely. Uh, what I'd recommend, if you're down for it, uh, hit up Doug. Doug has been doing uh, Instagram live streams, doing mini games with different comedians uh, throughout yeah. the day. I'll text him right the fuck now. <laughs> yeah, and you can <laughs> you can be like, "Hey, last podcast you'd want said you're 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 hitting up comedians, blah blah blah." That'll that'll be a good little in for me. Uh, yeah. Doug, former guest of the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, that is great. Thank you uh, for coming on today. And not to put more pressure on you, uh, but here at the last podcast you want, we keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude. Uh, yeah. Do you have a, a positive uh, saying or a mantra you'd like to pass on to the guests as we end? Oh, shit. A saying or mantra. That is more pressure. Um, 
happiness is a choice. So choose happiness. I know I know that it's hard sometimes. I'm a person that has suffered from depression in my life. Um, but you can choose happiness and you can choose to be upset about things. Nothing is good or bad. Only thinking makes it so. So those two things, that's my favorite Shakespeare quote. Nothing is good or bad. Only thinking makes it so. So try to change your mind about things. And if you can't change your mind, get some meds. And everybody should be in therapy. Was that enough? <laughs> That's great. Uh, Joyelle, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Uh, la- ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you <laughs> then. Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? Finn Balor or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from Pro Wrestling Loot, Professional Wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 to seven item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. With over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, Pro Wrestling Loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, lucha libre, American, and European pro wrestling, Pro Wrestling Loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot, for the fan in all of us.